Hey everybody, welcome back to the Listen In Podcast. It is episode 145, Jake. We're stringing a few together here, man. Stringing a few together. We are back from Atlanta. We are back from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. We made a big splash there. Let me ask you this, Jake. Was your favorite interview when Obama dropped by the studio, or was it right after Tom Brady won? Which interview was your favorite? I was going to say it was when we simultaneously interviewed Terry Bradshaw and and Bill Belichick. Oh, right. It all blurred together. Yeah, you forgot about that. Yeah. So, no, we we were not in Atlanta. We were in uh, Manchester. Manchlanta, as we call it. (laughs) Manchlanta. Big difference between the two. But Patriots won the Super Bowl. Um, we had a fun time watching with friends. Yeah, so. it, was, it was a bit of a snooze fest of a game, but they won. Um, and as it coincides with this podcast, which is about music, not about us lying about going to Radio Row, um, there was a Super Bowl halftime show which involved music, uh, if yeah. you want to call it that. Which is like sort okay. Of, I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, that's how everyone is like how everyone reacts to the Super Bowl halftime show every year. People are like. Okay, first thing, really quick, before we even dive into Maroon Five sure. or Travis Scott or the SpongeBob shit. There's no way to get anyone to like the Super Bowl halftime show. Every year, like everyone hates it. Like 80% of people you talk to, they're like, that sucked. I, I agree. It has become the trendy thing to say you hate the Super Bowl halftime show. Right. What was the last one people kind of all really liked? Beyonce. It's Super I Bowl thought, 50. I thought there was some positivity around Lady Gaga. And I feel like Katy Perry's was pretty good with Left Shark. People like that. Now, was Left Shark a plant? Was that planned? I have no idea. I still don't totally think it's as funny as people do. I don't either. Because it's like it's not that bad. The yeah. left shark thing. I don't know, man. But yes, you're right. The Super Bowl halftime show has become just a punching bag, which isn't totally fair, but also fair because it is like this corporatized, corporatized yep. thing yep. that's meant to sell Pepsi to as many people as possible. Which is really what the entire Super Bowl is. It's true. That's what all any sports is. That's what all anything is. So... Let's so we can just wrap up there. Let's, let's That's all anything up. is worth. So the Super Bowl halftime show featured Maroon Five as the 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 banner act. Yeah, uh, along with Travis Scott, who came in about halfway through with sicko mode for all of ninety seconds, and they bleeped out I think half of it. And what's interesting is the part of the song that he did. I don't even think had swears in it. I think they the the. People who are in charge of censoring were just like, I, I don't know. We're we got to be, be safe. Better to be safe than sorry here. They bleeped almost all of it out. Um, they also, there was some controversy about the SpongeBob thing. They told, I guess, someone from the Super Bowl halftime show informed people that they were going to be doing a sweet victory rendition, I guess, in honor of Steven Hillenburg, who died of, was it ALS, that he had, the creator of SpongeBob? Yes. So they yes. were going to do the thing that Squidward and his band does at the right. Bubble Bowl, right. Sean, right. Uh, Sweet Victory. <laughs> All they played was like the horn intro and showed like 15 seconds of the cartoon and then it went right into sicko mode. I really, really wanted the Spongebob thing. I wanted the full song. I think that would have saved the Super Bowl halftime show. I was talking to my sister though and she said no, that would have been lame. I, I completely disagree. I, I, I disagree, too. Uh, I think in this case, your sister is wrong. Yeah. It would have been sick. And especially, like, because it panders to exactly our generation. Exactly. Like, like the most people who are watching the Super yeah. Bowl grew up with SpongeBob, um, which is crazy. I really, about. really wanted it. Uh, I will take the Travis. would have been easy to do. I know. I Just know. have Adam Levine sing the chorus one time. That's it. Once. Let's talk about Adam Levine. Because Maroon 5, quote-unquote Maroon 5, was the headliner. Yeah. Adam Levine was the headliner. 
Yeah. Like, let's not pretend Maroon 5 is this cohesive band. They're not the fucking Beatles, okay? They're not all, like, putting forth songs that each of them not are like, putting on a record. This is the Adam Levine show. And so and so I don't really believe the, the joke I made earlier about it. Music, if you want to call it that. But who it's more directed toward actually would be Maroon 5 than it is Travis, Travis Scott. Because I think he's doing some interesting stuff. Um, I don't know, man. Like, new Maroon 5 stuff. Like, yeah, I like songs uh, about Jane... Like anybody else, all those hits, she will be loved. This harder love, harder to breathe, harder to breathe. Um, Sunday morning, yeah. Uh, off their second album, what's it called? Makes me wonder. That's, Sounds like you're a big Maroon Five fan. That song's a j- I mean, those are the five songs <laughs> everyone knows by Maroon Five. I like those songs. I liked them back then. But like their their stuff that they come out with now, it's all like that homogenous sort of like. All like the voice and every instrument sounds like a synth. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I do. I do. Um, Okay, Adam Levine, how much would I have to pay you, Jake, to get a New Hampshire tattoo on your abdomen? Like he had the California one. Oh, man, dude, like a lot. Like I would have to – it would take some talking into it. This man willingly did it. Right, he did. And also like – I have another comment about the tattoos – not really related to the tattoo. So he takes his shirt off. Yeah. How puritanical is our society that like we care at all that he did that? Because it's like uh, it was like the good. biggest story. People were like, "Oh, Adam Levine took his shirt off." <laughs> In twenty three moments, Adam Levine's shirt off was everything. Yeah, and like some people were like, "That was hot." Some people were like, "That was lame." There was some discussion at the Super Bowl party from I think it was Katie who yeah. had the audacity to say Adam Levine's not that handsome not that attractive so there's there's a there's a a like definitely a through line of our friend group um of like contrarian attractiveness takes yes it goes it's a tale as old as time with our friends it's It's true true of the women it's true of the men Mm. in the group and the women in the group like i've heard every one of them to a person be like tom brady's not good looking (laughs) except for a couple but like for the most part they're like it's like he he is though yeah he is he's not fucking the hottest guy in the world but he's good looking he's good looking adam levine is too Yes, and that's all I was trying to say. I was like, "Well, he just kind of is." Like, yeah. look at that. Like, he's in shape. He's got some of his tattoos are cool. Like, he's got a nice square jaw. Good looking guy. Yeah, good looking guy. But like, um, so anyways, back, back to the music. We're getting all flustered. Yeah, here. I'm starting to sweat through my shirt here <laughs> with this talk of Adam Levine. Bottom line, I like look. It's sort of what I expected. Man, it was entertaining enough. I didn't watch all of it. I watched maybe 60%. You were out in the kitchen. Yeah. You were having a snack. Hamming it up, yeah, man. Yeah, uh, eating, yeah. Eating some hors d'oeuvres, if you will. <laughs> right. I watched um, This Love. I watched um, She Will Be Loved. <laughs> okay. I watched Sicko Mode. Yep. yep. And I was off. <laughs> yeah. Getting a Caprese in, in, slider. <laughs> yeah, you're you know? welcome. Yes. Yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah. Super Bowl halftime show. It was kind of boring. Kind of like the game. Whatever. It's just an interesting cultural event that we can all have together. Because that's the whole thing. And I think that's why the Super Bowl ends up being special. Is it's, it's what the, I like about it most. It's the one thing that everyone watches. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. It's the one ubiquitous thing. Everyone's just like, oh, yeah. Like, that thing happened. And I think that's why... Left Shark ended up being so big of a deal. Well, yeah, so the Super Bowl takes up, like, when it's on, about 35% of the viewing audience. It's insane. Which is a a massive percentage. What are those other 65% of people doing? Just, like, anything else. It's, like, it's any other person who's watching anything. Yeah. It's, like, it's probably some TVs that are left on a channel. Like... Yeah. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I don't fully understand people who are, like, I don't even check in. I don't even want to look. It's, like, it's just... I don't... If you don't like football, that is totally understandable because, like, 
we get it. Like, I'm getting there. But exactly. But it's just this cultural event, you know? Like it, it's massive. And I like it's like the Oscars. Like I would say I care about the Oscars like fifteen percent less than the Super Bowl, twenty percent less. I'm still interested. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, I find it less interesting overall. I don't know, man. Like the Super Bowl, it just does feel like it's this moment where you feel like everybody's watching it. And so yeah, the halftime show is entertaining. We didn't have any it's arguments this year about like, should we pop on the puppy bowl instead? Oh my god. Yeah. Puppy bowl. Overrated. Ooh, yeah. Overrated. Uh, it is. Uh, Jake, another news item here. Well, um, almost a news item. This is almost a news item. We had a report yesterday that Frank Ocean was teasing new music on his Tumblr page only to find out a few hours later, nope, he was hacked. And this isn't actually real. It does sound like, though, the song that was being teased is one with Kendrick Lamar, SZA, and Andre 3000. How about that for a, a collaborative crew? That's amazing. Yeah, it would be pretty good. The post itself said March 1st. This is in all caps. March 1st, Solana plus KL plus Andre here for the beans. So not uh, cryptic. Uh, <laughs> not, not totally sure what to make of that. Uh, no. Except that like basically I just took it on face value because it was like the headline says it hints at new music. So uh, They got your click, Jake. That's they, all that they care about. Clicks are the new currency. Okay. <laughs> Uh, take it from me. Um, right. No, now, this came from Tumblr, which is uh, the Wild West of the internet. Do, do, do people use, evidently people do use Tumblr still. I guess they do still. I remember back when I was like 18, 19, 20. You were the Tumblr I guy. Was, I was hot to trot on Tumblr. You sure were. Tumblr was my Hot thing. to tumble. It was fun. I liked it. And then I fell off because it, it took like kind of a lot of effort to keep going and stuff. I liked it for a period too. I bet if I went back and found my account, I'd be embarrassed about a lot of what's on there eh. probably like some stuff and like i don't know but do you, do you remember most of it then? uh yeah it was like a lot of pictures and like some music i don't know it's like, not that bad no i no. mean like it could be a lot worse so yeah this a was lot, oh, a lot of like lyrics to things right, right. Yeah, probably national yeah. lyrics oh yeah for sure which is a spoiler for what we're getting to later but so basically this was a hack this is probably not true but you never know with frank because um you know, I, as soon as I saw this, I was like, this just probably means we're getting new music in like four years. <laughs> I know, right? You know what I mean? Or it could be four days. Like, we don't know. That's like, the whole we'll thing. see another library card thing where it's like March 1st will be the first one. So we'll see, we'll see mm. dates for years now. That's the whole thing about Frank, though, is you never know. That's what's exciting about him. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to pull in just the most talented people in hip hop right now, did or you, in general. Did you read that GQ article, the interview he gave? Uh, I read part of it. It was kind of just not a great interview. Yeah, that's kind of... Or no, I read the summary of it on music blogs. Because he was interviewed by like his friends who he does Blonded with. And so it was like... So they're not going to put his feet to the it fire. It was a bunch of like inside jokes. Bunch of them, yes men. But it was them talking about like fashion. I was like, oh, this okay. sucks. This yeah. is interesting. Well, it wasn't GQ. He did say something really, really funny where they were like, "We need. how come you haven't tried to write a Christmas song? And he was like, I don't know. He's like, I feel like they, other people have got that covered. And they're like, come on, let's, like, let's do it. Let's write a new. He's like, all right, we'll smoke a Christmas tree and write a classic. <laughs> that dude is like the biggest stoner ever. It's so funny. Uh, that's we'll great. smoke a Christmas tree. Uh, what's this next news item we have, Jake? Yeah, man. So I just saw today um, that Fox Gin. Uh, Your favorite band? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, yeah. My favorite band. Um, they are putting out a new album called Seeing Other People on... April 26th, if I can read a date. Uh, and the new single, Living a Lie, was released. It was it was okay. It was okay. Oh. 
Wow. Yeah, it was all right. Okay, so um, not a ringing endorsement from you. No, I thought it was pretty good. I'll Which, listen again. It was like it was very, it was smoother than the stuff on Hang. It felt like kind of a little poppier, a little okay. more sheen. Um, it didn't like immediately grab me in a big way, but I, I'm looking forward to it. The reason I bring it up is because I really liked that last album, Hang. And, yeah, you did. And um, see, now I feel like I'm not when I'm talking to you about it. It feels like I'm not allowed to like it, no, which is no, what's no. annoying. This is. For for all the listeners who have been with us for years and years now, Sean decides albums I'm not allowed to of like, of which there aren't many. No, this is a running joke that we have on the podcast. I like to rib you about Foxygen. You like to rib me about about what? Mm, nothing. Um, <laughs> no, I look Foxygen. They're fine. I'm gonna leave it up to you to be the Foxygen correspondent this year, okay? okay? If this album is worth listening to, I want you to let me and the listeners know. If it's not, I'm just going to let it slide. What if it gets good reviews? You just won't listen. No, if it gets really good reviews, I'll check it out. But if it's like middling, normal, like just blah reviews, I'm going to leave it up to you to say, hey, Sean, this is like good or bad or worth your time. Okay. Okay. All right. So, so we'll you're see. our Foxygen correspondent. We'll see how it goes. One single in and it's like, eh, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. I like the album art. I like the okay. album name. Yeah. So, so so far so good. So far, winning so good. formula. Yeah. Uh, what's this last news news item? Yeah, no, it's it's not really anything I want to get into in terms of like the actual content. But I I saw a news item that made me feel old, which is that uh, this was the exact headline: Passion Pit announces Manners' tenth anniversary tour. Um, sheesh. Sheesh is right. Uh, Manners is an album that was one of the first indie rock albums that I got into. Near and dear to both our hearts because this was a big moment in high school, Jake. You recommended Manners yeah. and Wolfgang Amadeus Phoenix to me on like the same day. I listened to both and uh, it was off to the races. Passion Pit and Phoenix, the two P bands that matter. Yeah. Uh, they, uh, yeah, so it's been, what that really means, Sean, is it's been 10 years since we were finishing high school. Oh my God. So what is happening? We are on the the slow but steady train to death. That is a great introduction to Hot Thoughts, Jake. It's, yeah. It All is. right. This week for Hot Thoughts, we had one album that we're discussing here. It's a good one, though. It is good. This new Girlpool album called What Chaos Is Imaginary. Cool album name. I, I misread it. I misread it almost every time and think of it as what chaos is imagery. I don't know why oh, I read okay, it that way okay. every time. I have I to remind myself it's imaginary. Yeah. So this is the third album from Girlpool. It is their follow-up to 2017's Power Plant uh, and their first record, 2015's Before the World Was Big. So uh, I think we talked about Power Plant, Jake, back in 2017 when, when it came out. It was pretty good. I, I think we both generally liked it. Uh, pretty good album. I don't think it blew us away. It didn't necessarily rank super high on our end of the year list or anything. It kind of felt like a Frankie Cosmos album that I didn't like as much as Frankie Cosmos. Yeah, it I think felt that was like our, our takeaway. Yeah, it, it was good. There were some songs I liked. Wasn't always interested in listening. Now I have to say, what chaos is imaginary has really impressed me. Yeah. so far, I think I'm going to go out on a limb here, Jake. This might be as a whole. My favorite album of the year. There you so go, far. man. Maybe, maybe. Maybe. February 6th. That's kind of a tepid uh, toe in the water of, of saying that. but Right. You're not tattooing it on your, your chest Not yet. quite yet. No. No. I'm going to talk to Adam Levine first. You were then, to get advice about yeah. pain tolerance. Yeah. And then, but uh, yeah, so this album's pretty good. I think my biggest takeaway here is I like the different dynamic in vocals that's happening between yeah. the two main singer-songwriters here. So uh, Cleo Tucker 
and Harmony Trividad are the two yep. in the band. Cleo Tucker uh, is actually transitioning. Undergoing. And, yeah, yeah, and has taken testosterone to have a deeper voice. And I think it adds a really interesting dynamic to all of this. It adds a very different texture, yeah. And I, I think, because I remember thinking on, on Power Plant, uh, as I'm thinking back to some of those songs, it was a lot of like the same voice yeah. coming from both of them. Um, and, you know, not, that's not good or bad. It just was what I remember. And so when I heard this other texture of like this deeper voice, I definitely was at first like taken aback. But it, it does add something really nice to it. I, and I, um, I'm enjoying it too, and the, the production on the album and the way that they're playing is is I think significantly sort of hazier, more distorted, sort of like dreamier and yeah. kind of trippy. There's some interesting instrumentation that's happening here too, like the strings on on the title track, "What Chaos Is Imaginary," are awesome. Um, there's some really cool drums on that song too. So I feel like they've upped their game in terms of, like you said, the production, but also the layers of instrumentation that they're they're putting in here, which I really like. Yeah, that was my takeaway too. I, other than that, I don't like, have much to say about it. I've, I've been really enjoying it though. It's, no, it's, I have it's a cool album. A couple of my favorite songs, I think Higher is great. Uh-huh. That's like a really, that song took me, that, so that was on, I think it was one of the early singles they put out or it was on an EP from the end of last year or something like that. And I checked it out towards the end of 2018 and was really surprised that, like we said, the vocals, but also just kind of the bite that that song had. And I was like, ooh, I don't remember Girlpool sounding like this or doing this kind of thing on the last album. So I really appreciated that. That was cool. That's what resonated with me on like a lot of the tracks is I'm like, it does feel like there's more attack and more bite and a little bit more like... There's just a little bit more of a, of a singular thing here. Like they yeah. sound more like they're coming into their own sound, yeah. and they're yeah. being a little more aggressive about like how either weird they want to sound or how abrasive they want to sound in certain ways. Um, I had mentioned the title track as well, but the other one that I wanted to talk about uh, was the song "Pretty." I think mm. that has some really cool lyrics on it, and I believe that is one of the songs that Harmony wrote. Um, but there's this really cool sequence on it where she goes, and I gotta find the lyric. So we need to filibuster for a second. Filibuster, yeah. yeah. So uh, you know, I was thinking with the the vocals on this, uh, her vocals remind me a little bit of Soccer Mommy's vocals, actually. Yeah. Her vocal style. Yeah. Um, you know, filibuster, Sean, as a term, dates back to. <laughs> okay, I did. I did find it, Jake. Saved by the fucking. Um, right okay, there. there's this stretch of lyrics on it. That goes, there was a person I once knew, he built a molehill out of glue. He claimed I was too close to stick, but somehow I'm still stuck in it. That imagery of building a molehill out of glue and like getting stuck in it is so cool. That has, so I've been coming back to this song a lot this past week. As someone with like a borderline phobia of being sticky, Mm. that's building anything out of glue scares me. Yeah, you know what really scares me too is whenever. Anyone is using crazy glue or gorilla glue. I'm hyper aware of it getting stuck on anyone's fingers or my own fingers. Have you gotten it on your it. finger? I have. It just doesn't go away for like a week. I know. I, it really makes me uncomfortable. It bothers me. I just think of it as I'm like, ah, it's just a callus. It goes away. It'll wear off. Those are the takes that people come to the listening podcast for. Crazy glue? To yeah. Talk well, I mean, about like the fears of crazy glue. And that's what we, that's our trademark, man. It is. It is. Neuroses. <laughs> Dude, various neuroses and just dread. <laughs> yep. And fear. Yep. Speaking of dread and fear, we're going to dive into what a is- discussion about a band who 
who knows a lot about that. What a transition. Um, and that's the national, Sean. You had a good idea for a segment this yeah, week. Yeah, so I have been doing one of my semi-annual deep dives into the mm. national. They are my favorite band who is currently making music, and I always make a point to just go back and listen and listen to nothing but them for like a day or a stretch of days or whatever. Uh, and that hit this week where I listened to their entire discography, got really, really into them again, and suggested to you that we rank our top 10 national songs because weirdly, we've never done this on the podcast before, even though this is one of our favorite bands of all time. And if we have, we don't remember, so you don't either, listeners. <laughs> exactly. So You certainly don't remember. Right, because you're not listening. And so the thing is about <laughs> the national is um, we, were, we were talking earlier today about how, you know, this is it's a it's a a meaningful band to us and to the group of friends because it was this was really a formative band for us growing up like from the time we were 18, 19, 20, those college years where you're at parties or you're discovering drinking together or like hanging out and like you know really feeling real emotions for the first yeah. time and like coping with like what life is going to be this was a band that was there and like I, we were talking about how whether it's through really active listens of full albums of specific songs or in passive listens when it's on in the background. The National, like, their whole run, like, the, the albums from Alligator on especially, I just feel like as I was listening today, I like got hit by this wave of, like, shit, man, these songs have been on in the background of my life for years now. Yeah, it, it they mean a ton to me because of all the things that you just said. And the type of music that they make, the lyrics, everything that they kind of do lends itself to feeling things really hard. Oh, yeah, man. And you brought up a good point when we were talking about them a little bit earlier that you maybe don't fully understand some of the things that they're talking about when you're 18, 19, 20 years old. And I had a listen of Boxer this week that blew me away yeah. because it really speaks to just the disillusionment of working yes and dude oh my god what, what what that all means and a song like racing like a pro was a great example of that what's that line in there where he's like you've got 15 blue shirts and, and womanly, womanly hands. hands you're shooting up the ladder yeah dude oh, it just yeah. is like it's like we were talking earlier like we got into this band in our like late teens early 20s and it was enjoyable then for for myriad reasons but mm -hmm. it, but now that we're both in the professional world and like in our entering our late 20s it has never felt more real. The stuff that Matt Berninger sings about. Because, like, you know, they were a band that came... They were all working jobs. Like, working desk exactly. jobs and shit. And, like, really trying coping with the same shit we do all the time. About, like, what's... Is there more than this? Is this just what you do till you die? And... and That pervades their music. Matt's lyrics speak to that in such a real way. But also... In a, in a way that's abstract enough where you can apply your own oh, experiences yeah. to it. And a song like Mistaken for Strangers really hit me too this week where that song has an entirely different meaning to me now yes. than it did six years ago. Well, dude, the whole thing about like... It, it, that whole... The whole lyric about like under the silvery, silvery Citibank lights. Yep. Like, just like the whole idea of like we're all sort of... 
running around so fast at night during the day you see people you think but there's always this oppressive brand hanging over you there's always this idea of like no matter what is happening i might be out it might be the weekend it might be nighttime or whatever but there's always this idea of like the office and like this corporate idea that you need to serve right there yeah that you need to that you're either working for or paying exactly to live and (laughs) (laughs) that pervades the music too and it just it definitely feels like music made by people who are professional who are yep. like fuck man like what can yep. we do yep and i i noticed that today on my my re-listen to boxer as well it just like did that hit you in a different way today absolutely, after we man. talked about it yeah and the whole mistaken for strangers thing like hit me too because I, I don't know about you but as i get older i have more and more moments where i'll see someone and i'm just like wait a minute i recognize this person i've probably interacted with that person i don't remember their name i don't remember what i know them from you can even apply this to friends like yeah you you end up spending so much time at work and those are the people you see and talk to every day and you'll go long stretches of time without even seeing your close friends yeah, or family dude. and then once you get back together you're like oh like shit i haven't seen you for yeah. a while how are you doing these days right. yeah exactly. exactly so that is um just <laughs> a quick Light introduction. Well, and just to piggyback there, which is a fucking buzzwordy thing to do. That's a big time meeting trope. And I'll piggyback off Sean's point here. You know, just to echo what Sean's saying here. You can also like, I feel like that way with people at work because you have yeah. to put up a front of like, mm-hmm. I'm this person. But if you really get to know someone you work with, it's like they might be totally different than you think. I I recently had a conversation like this the other day with I've been somebody having many. about about all of this. I've um, been having many. So yes, um, top ten national songs, Jake. And you know what? One more thing. One more thing to piggyback before we uh, before we wrap up. Before, well, I just want to circle back really quick. <laughs> On the point that I don't want to derail the rest of the conversation, dude. That's such a that's a big trope. Is like if you want to make a point, but you're not sure if it's. Like, now I don't know if this is. This might be a separate discussion. We might want to take this offline. So maybe we take this offline. But were we thinking? Were we thinking about doing this thing? <laughs> um, I just wanted to say back to all of our friends, kind of enjoying this band. This the national. I think defines the music that our friend group enjoys in, in a, a really ways, big way, yeah. and uh, it's it, the one that has the most, at least strands to like everybody yes almost everyone listens to them at least a little and it makes me sad that that doesn't really happen in our friend group anymore where we have a collective uh band artist or whatever that we all enjoy it seems like as we've gotten a little bit older there's been certain people who are still willing to listen and try out new stuff and then there's a certain subset of people who are like i'm sticking with the old favorites and it's really hard to kind of introduce new stuff, especially at a party or a gathering when people are like, I don't want to listen to this like new whatever right now. I just want to like put on something old. You know? It's like it's bound to happen, but we have the national to go back to. We do. In those situations. So let me ask you this. Do you want to go want to go back and forth from 10 on down? Let's go back and forth. Okay, you you kick us off. I here. will start off. My number 10, and Jake, this was a painstaking process. It was hard, man. I had man. to go through. The, well, let's, let's talk about that a little bit first. Because yeah. this was one of the hardest rankings I've ever done. Oh, I agree. Basically, my 1 through 10 is a toss-up. They yeah. could all be in any uh, ranking. And then there is probably another 10 to 20 songs that could have made its way into the top 10 if... It was a different day or I was in a different mood. Me too, man. My honorable mentions list is super long. And I also, like, so my list, If you, I wonder if you have any regrets. My one regret is my list is over-representative of High Violet. But I can't help it because it's my favorite album of theirs. And that's sort of how the, the cookie crumbles with that. Uh, yeah, my one regret is I didn't include Sorrow 
on my list because that okay. song is like too real and it kills me. Yeah, I chose to leave it off in favor of my number ten actually. Okay, because I didn't want to overrepresent High Violet, which is my favorite album by them. Which is what I've done. Yeah. So, so my number, number 10, ten. With that being said, is I'll still destroy you from Sleep Well Beast. I think. I have decided this is my favorite song from Sleep Well Beast. Hell yeah, dude. Uh, I did have uh, Day I Die and System Only Dreams and Total Darkness as a toss-up there. But just, we, we talked so much when this album came out about how good this song is. The glitchy elements to it. the um, That drum outro where Brian Davendorf is just slamming on the drums. Yeah. Um, and the lyrics, yeah. Like... The, all these songs are going to come back to the lyrics in some way. Sure. Um, but the the light about I'll Still Destroy You destroys me, Jake. So It destroys me, me as well, which is why we'll hear about this again later mm-hmm. in my list. My number 10, um, representative from Alligator, Baby Will Be Fine. So good. Um, very important song for me with The National because I think, for me, The National was a little harder to get into than it was for you, especially with stuff outside High Violet. And this is the first song from Alligator that really put its hooks mm-hmm. into me with the I'm so sorry for everything refrain. Um, and the lyrics are like perfect Matt Berninger stuff. When, oh. he, when he says the you spill Jack and Coke, like what is it down in, my in, collar? In my collar, yeah. I melt like a witch and scream. The, I'll put on an Argyle sweater and I'll put on a smile. I yeah. don't know how to do this. Yeah. Dude, like perfect and so like, great that one just missed my top 10 too yeah it was it was on the cusp of being a yeah an honorable mention for me but it, it sneaks in at number 10 and there were other alligator songs i considered that didn't make it one of which i think i can say it because i don't think it's on yours um was geese of beverly road yeah that's yep. in my honorable mentions list um and it, it just missed the cut there uh but another great track but baby will be fine is great and it has that awesome sort of like slinky kind of trippy country yeah. sounding thing going on it's got that t- really twangy guitar yep. tone um and that like intersecting bass line it's really really nice instrumentally alligator's full of that shit my representative my first representative from alligator jake is my number nine track in it's mr november which i think is the one of their most popular songs probably the most popular from alligator yep. it is one of the songs they close their shows with i think just the energy here the chorus of I Won't Fuck Us Over and Mr. Mr. November November, is undeniable. The story. The story, too. And for anyone who doesn't know the story, this song was a late addition to Alligator. Uh, Basically, their label, Beggar's Banquet, told them, like, hey, we need, like, one more song that's, like, kind of a hit. Can you, like, add it on? And all the lyrics on this song are, are Matt being, like, Okay, like I really gotta like dig deep. I'm I'm gonna try to not fuck us over here. And the line "the English are waiting" and I don't know what to do is in reference to their label, Beggar's Banquet, which is based in uh, the UK. Matt is such a great lyricist in the way of like you when you know the story of what he was doing, he just knows how to find that little idea where he's like, I know how to twist this and make it artful. Yeah. The English are waiting. I don't know what to do. It's like that. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that, that mean? Anything. Yeah. It, now you know the story. It's like okay, yep. it makes sense. But it's like he twisted it just enough that it like you could apply it to whatever. Genius. So um, that, yeah, that's my number nine. My number nine, Sean, is one that we've already talked about a fair amount. Is Sorrow, the second uh, track from High Violet. Um, one of my favorites on there. One of my obviously favorite national songs. Um, heartbreaking stuff and like just a beautiful um, song in general. And the lyrics. Always kill me. Um, the sorrow found me when I was young. Sorrow waited. Sorrow won. Mm. That always mm-hmm. like 
Uh, Sorrow, and, they put me on the pill. Like it's in my honey, it's in my yep. milk. Is a is a. I live in a city. Sorrow built like that shit's real, man. Like I live in a city. Sorrow built is a great like alliteration mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Um, just an excellent, excellent song on like again my favorite album by them. Uh, here's one from High Violet for me, Jake. Blood Buzz, Ohio, number my number eight. So this was the lead single from High Violet. Again, probably in the Mr. November category as being like the one of their more popular ones, especially from this record. Um, but this f- is such a good introduction to this band. And I think High Violet was a moment for them where they became like even more popular. And it, I think it was on the back of Blood Buzz a lot. And um, again, just the lyrics here. Matt's voice is like extra deep. On this song too, very deep, which is amazing. Yeah, this will be later on my list too. It's just like it's it was the first thing that brought me in for the the chorus. The I, I still owe money to the money to the money I owe. Uh, I, I never know. thought about love when I thought about home. So like, the, I've told you this. I've told you this story before, but I don't think I ever. I don't think I've said it on the podcast. The first time I showed I showed my mom that song because she like you know she generally likes the mm-hmm. music I like. She doesn't like get way into it, but she'll like a song here or there. And I remember her just being like, "Wow, that's really really sad." I never thought about love when I thought about home. And I just for some reason like, because usually I'm a lyrics later person, yep. more feel. And I just sort of let the vibe of it wash over me. It's almost like I know the lyrics, but I don't at the same time. It's yep. very strange. I, I know. Yep. Um, and I was like, damn, you're right. Like that's that's a, a horrendously <laughs> crushing de- lyric. Devastatingly sad. Um, yeah, this will, be, this will be appearing later on my list as well. Cool. Um, number eight I know will be later on your list, so we don't have to say too, too much here. Uh, don't swallow the cap. Don't swallow the cap. Third track yep. Um, yep. from, uh, I think it's the third track. It is. From uh, Trouble Will Find Me. Yes. Uh, yeah, just like one of their, I think the best combinations of obviously Matt's lyrics, but like one of their catchiest songs in a pure way. And just like, it's sort of like if you're going to show someone what the national is and what they do really well, mm-hmm. Don't Swallow the Cap's one of the ones that you would want to show. Has like all the ingredients yes. of a yes. kick-ass like, national song. And we will be talking about that later. My number seven, Jake, I have Graceless, also from Trouble Will Find Me. So this song is, to me, one of the best descriptors of like depression. Um, yeah. With the lyrics like, uh, I'm trying, but I'm graceless. I don't have the sunny side to face this. I am invisible and weightless. You can't imagine how I hate this. Yeah. Like this song, and then it really just goes. Yeah, it does. Later. It really does. Like the, the, the chorus here. Um, it's maybe the most propulsive of all the songs on. Maybe with Sea of Love being an exception, but Sea of Love feels sort of different. Yeah. On, on yeah, Trouble yeah, Finding. Yeah, like it really goes like towards the towards the end there when he he goes like, um, "I am not my rosy self. Left my roses on my shelf. Take the white ones. They're my favorite. It's the side effects that save us." Like that. This song, man. Like, th- this one could have been top three, top two, whatever. But I think this is a really real descriptor of what it feels to have those emotions. It sure is. Um, number seven for me, Afraid of Everyone. I know this is on your list. Mm. Um, for me, has a lot to do with the way this song is produced. It has that awesome so- sound that a lot of the High Violet songs have where they did a lot on that album with haunting background vocals yeah. really echoey and high-pitched background vocals just ooing and eyeing and stuff here and there that is all over this song um and just that with with my kid on my shoulders i'll try uh not to hurt what is it not to hurt anybody not, i yeah i not, like 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't have the drugs to sort it out. And then the the whole ending part where he really is like leaning into he's screaming through that whole outro. Um, we can talk a little bit more about it when we get to it on yours. But. Yeah, for sure. Um, my number six, Jake. I have apartment story. This is my first representative from Boxer. This is one of the ones that was really instrumental in me, like getting me into the National because Boxer was right up there with High Violet and Alligator as the first albums I checked out. Yeah. And I think on Boxer especially, there's some songs that aren't that immediate. I, I think... A lot even, of slow Yeah, words. I think like even songs like Squalor Victoria, Brainy, uh, Ada, Guest Room, Gospel, like those songs towards the end, I think you really need Apartment Story right in the middle. Where it falls, yeah, To exactly. kind of like bring you in. Um, it, it's one of the more up-tempo songs on there. The the whole part about Tired and Wired, We Ruin Too Easy. It, it could be the most purely catchy song they exactly. ever made. Yeah. They ever made. Yep. It, it, so this is my number five, actually. So oh, nice. Okay, that, that works really well. Um, the whole stay, enti- stay inside until somebody finds us, do whatever the TV tells us. Yep. I love that lyric because it reminds me of like... The kind of the resignation involved in, like, say, a snowstorm happens yeah. or something like that, where you're like, you might complain to other people, but really you're like, okay, I don't have to do anything. This is awesome. Like, and you, even though you're cynical and kind of jaded by the idea of, like, we're really just letting these weathermen tell us, like, don't go outside, don't yep. go experience the world. Stay inside our rosy minded fuzz is so great. <laughs> like, that's like, just, I want to forget, I want to check out right now. Yeah. And, and, but but this is like a really immediate song. Like they really struck gold with this one. Like uh, good chorus and re- whatever f- fuzzy guitar tone they have yeah. going on this is like they don't do that a lot. No, they they don't. use like pretty heavy distortion, but they do it in a pretty restrained mm-hmm. way. Um, yeah, this has always been a favorite for me. It's got, it's got like a grungy, sludginess to yeah, it that it, I really it, like. It, it, they almost sound like they're they're using power chords, but they're kind of sliding all yeah, around. Yeah. It, it, it's really really cool. Um, yeah, always been a favorite of mine. So what's your number five? Because that was my number uh, five. Th- did you do your number six? Um, I did not. So my number six, rather. Sorry. Uh, I'll Still Destroy You, which we already talked about. Um, so lyrics like this kill me. This one's like your sister's best friend, uh, friends in a bath calling you to join them. Can't avoid them. This one's like your mother's arms when she was young and sunburned in the 80s. Yeah. It lasts forever. That imagery for both of those is so interesting to me. And the part about this one's like your your sister's best friends in a bath calling you to join them or whatever reminds me, it kind of like reflects some of the lyrics on Lemon World, which we'll get to in a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in a really interesting way. It also feels like nostalgia for a time where he would even have given a shit about that. Right. Where it's like when I was, if I was a teenager, like that would be the best thing ever. Right. But it's like it, this, this whole song is about taking... Like a pill of some kind or whatever. There's a lot of imagery about drug use. Yeah, this drug does this to you. This drug does that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then line one pill the, makes you larger. One pill makes <laughs> yeah. you small. And that, well, there's that line too about like, uh, like skies getting bright. Like I can't find a light or anywhere. I think I'm going crazy. Like that kind of stuff. It, it, this is this song's like, how can I escape? Exactly. And I, the, the lyrics of it have always stuck with me, and it, it feels like. It's like it also feels like the passing of generations. Yeah. Like okay, like I'm gonna do my best for you, kid. Right, right. Like, but I'll still destroy you. What yeah. I can, but like my parents are pretty great and they fucked me. Mm-hmm. So like here you go. Here's yep. what your inheritance. Probably not is. better off. Is like you have this kind of depressed dad who's like he's gonna try <laughs> to figure it out for you, but he'll probably fall victim to you know whatever frailties he has. 
my number five, Jake, is afraid of everyone. Um, I think you kind of nailed it with the stuff that you said, but just the whole idea of this song of afraid of everyone, um, especially the part about like I defend my family with my orange umbrella or you know with my kid on my shoulders, I try. Uh, that whole thing of, yeah, maybe I have all this anxiety, these hangups, and I'm afraid of literally everyone, especially when it comes to my family, but I'm still like doing my best for them. I think this kind of ties in with that whole idea of I'll still destroy you as well, where it's just like, I'm your best defense and I'm fucked. Like, yeah, like, and I, I can't defend anyone against I anything. I can't even help myself. And the, the, the lyric, is it Venom Radio and Venom Television or Phantom? Um, I think it's Venom. Okay, this is saying then I'm radio and then I'm television. Oh, really? I'm afraid of everyone. I always heard it as Venom. So I always heard it as Venom too, so I'm going to give my take the about The National Venom. are one of the all-time I thought it was this uh, lyric bands. Like uh, on the live version of Boxer before Racing Like a Pro, Matt's like, a lot of people thought this was Racing Like a Pronoun. This is not a grammar song. I, I love that. I, yeah. yeah, it's like a schoolhouse rock song. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, so that's my number five, Afraid of Everyone. Um, okay, so number four, I have Lemon World. Lemon um, World. Th- one of the... Th- I, I, we'll talk more about this because it's higher on your list, but the, a lyric that always stuck with me was, uh, I gave my heart to the army, the only oh, sentimental yeah. thing I could think of. Um, and then the whole thing about it, it'll take a better war to kill a college man like me. <laughs> yep, yep. Like... Dude, like, you know, very, it's cynical and jaded, but it's also, like, kind of self-deprecating in the, at the same time. Because he's, like, again, I think what I love about Matt Berninger is I feel like I relate to him where it's, like, I know what masculinity is supposed to be, yeah. but I don't feel like I can live up to it. I, oh, my God. That, that's, so, like, I went and got an education, and now I don't have to deal with, like, hard things. That is too real. So, this is my number two song. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. is my number two. This has always been one of my favorites by them. Every part of this song is just better than the last. I love the losing my breath, do, 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 do part where he just kind of mumbles that. Do, 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 the do. line about this pricey stuff makes me dizzy. I guess I've always been a delicate man. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, okay. Yep. It, it always it, To me, it, that stuff is always done both serious and it's also done like, yeah, like I'm making fun of myself. I always relate to those kind yes. of lyrics because I do that shit all the time about myself. Takes me a day to remember a day. I didn't mean to let it get so far out of hand. Like... Some of some of this stuff, like I loved this song when I heard it when I was like eighteen or nineteen, for yeah. totally different reasons than what I love it for now. But it also, I love it equally. It also has such a cool sound to it. Like it, there's the those really like dense guitars layered in there that like yeah. are playing throughout, and then there's like the really distorted horn sounds, right? Um, like or or you know, it, it, it's sort of a the whole song is. It just has a, a weird vibe to it. And the whole, you and your sister live in a lemon world. Yeah, this song is, like, pretty straightforward with some of the lyrics. Then there's other ones that are incredibly abstract. Like, lay me on the table, put flowers in my mouth, and we can say that we invented a summer love and torture party. <laughs> like, tell me what that means, Jake. I you can't, can't. I can't tell but... you literally what it means. I also can't tell you what a lemon world is. Do no, have, it's you whatever a, you want it to be, man. Do you have any sense? Like, what I, does it mean to you? I'm interested. Um... It, it kind of depends. Like, in this song, I feel like you and your sister live in a lemon world. I want to sit in and die. Yeah. Where it's just like, you and your sister, or like, you and this other person have this whole idea of the world, or you see things differently. I just want to, like, be in that world and die there because it's so different 
from maybe what my perspective is. Yeah. And the like the the chorus or the the verses in this song are kind of like here's all the shit that like I think about and I deal with that like to maybe try and get a taste of like what that world is. Yeah. And that whole idea of like lay me on the table, put flowers in my mouth, the summer love and torture party thing is just like I, I like inject your lemon world into like my veins, basically. Yeah, sometimes I think of it as like a lemon world, like you're sour, you see things in like this cynical way, and I want to be part of that. I also have seen it as like you and your sister live in your own little That's, world. It's yeah. like a bubble. Like, like yeah. I, I almost see it as this like t- sepia tinged or yellow tinged right. bubble. I, I view it as this positive, like ephemeral thing that like he'll never get you know it's an incredibly just cool word lemon word. yeah it is super cool so that's my number two um what are we up to jake my so number four so yeah i just gave my number four which was lemon, lemon world, world. okay perfect two? my number four jake city middle okay yeah this is my favorite song from alligator which yeah it's it's an interesting choice and i i, I expected it actually yeah so from you. i think over time this is kind of just developed into the encapsulation of alligator for me where you take some of the poetry of like baby will be fine mixed with just like the dark parts of like daughters of the soho riots or some of the the you know mid to low tempo songs um some great references to to karen on here karen taking to the famous city middle where they hang the lights um the imagery or the line about I got 520s and I've got a ton of great ideas. I'm really worked up. I, I'm on a good mixture. I don't want to waste it. Like yeah, yeah. That that imagery is great. Um, the it, it, I I have weird memories of you part, uh, and we have a great shared memory of of that um, of a drunken friend <laughs> yeah. singing. I've got weird memories of Sean. <laughs> right while right. like stumbling down the stairs. <laughs> Another example of how the National have intersected with our lives in, in, in various ways. Um, this is a great song, man. It, it, to me, it's like, it, it's this song or Geese of Beverly Road or like, um, or uh, All the Wine. Yeah. Those songs one. are like the encapsulation of the back half of, of Alligator for me, which I love all of them. And it's like, I almost can't pick one yeah, over the other. It's the from same that with bunch. me. It's the same with me where if I'm going to pick one, it's going to be City Middle. And uh, I love how this sort of builds to almost like this barroom chant towards the end of like the uh, parking your car. You said, I'm overwhelmed. You were thinking out loud. You said, I'm overwhelmed. And it's the like the Tennessee Williams part. Like all of that just builds in such a nice way. Yeah, that's another great lyric too is that I think, what is it? I think think I'm like Tennessee Williams. I wait for the click. I wait, but it doesn't kick in. Which is, yeah. Dude, like again, like what does that totally mean? I don't know, but like I'm 100% it sure. just feels cool. Uh, so yeah, City Metal is my number four. Um, my number three, I Should Live in Salt. Um, I was surprised to see this as high as it is on, on your list. Oh, dude, I, I have always gone in hard for I Should Live in Salt. It's just like, I think it's such a good opener to yeah. this album. Um, and just it's the tone of the song. It's the way Matt's voice sounds throughout the whole thing. And the way the chorus hits, it's a really explosive it chorus. Is. And like... On an album where they did more of that. Yep. And so it really gave you a hint as to what was to come. And also, like, it's another one of those things where it's like, what's a lemon world? What does it mean to live in salt? Yeah. It's just this imagery that I know that some people think it's like you're crying or like... So, knowing... This has always been my theory about this song. Knowing that he wrote this song kind of about his brother. Right, uh, exactly. About how he feels in a way like he has left him behind or that he doesn't, 
you know, care about him or whatever. I always think of, God, I forget, I forget what the reference even is, but like turning around to look at someone and turning into a pillar of salt is always like what I've thought of with this and with him. He's like, I'm kind of looking back at like where you're at and where I am and looking back, I'm turning into like a pillar of salt or whatever. Like, what is that a reference to? I don't even know. I don't know. I think what it is. That's like a thing. It might be a Bible story or something. It's funny, man, because we've talked so much about the lyrics throughout this podcast. I think it's a major thing. Go ahead. Lot's wife in the Bible. Lot's wife. Uh, Yes, it it is. I think she's not supposed to look back at like, uh, yeah, okay. She gets rescued from Sodom and she's not supposed (laughs) to, she's not supposed to look back at the destruction of the city or whatever. And uh, she turns into a pillar of salt. The, the 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 sort of the refrain too of constantly coming back to you should know me better than that um, yeah. I should leave it alone but you're not right um, like the the can you write it on the wall there's no room to write it all can you turn the TV down it does feel like I don't know it's like it's not in any way his best lyrics I just think that something about this song the way it comes together musically and the way he sings it um, it just always really really hit me yeah uh, and it, it I think it it, it kind of Expands into something really big sounding. and it, it does. And that was kind of a shock when uh, Trouble Will Find Me came out. I remember yeah. hearing this and just being like, whoa, they kind of stepped their game up here. Yeah. And it's, it, it is a really good chorus. And I think it is another one where it's just like a kind of weird, obscure lyric that really sticks with you in that imagery on top of, I think, one of their more beautiful arrangements mm. really has always done it for me. So, yeah, it's number three for me. Higher awesome. than I would have expected, actually. Uh, my number two is... Oh, no. I'm at my number three. Slow Show. Jake, yeah. This is my favorite from Boxer. And what I love about Slow Show is, first of all, there's like two different distinct parts to this song. Do you have a favorite part? Because I do. I feel like it has to be the, you know, I dreamed about you for 29, for 29 years. years. A return to the Cardinal song lyrics. Uh, no, that is a uh, a ref. That's from the song 29 Years on the first record. They kind of reworked it. Don't they re- use that also on Cardinal song too? The, I don't, I don't know. I don't I'm trying to remember. so. I do know it, they reworked the song 29 Years from their first album and kind of appended it to this. Okay. Um, but I think it is the the 29 years. But I do love the first part too, which speaks to like just anxiety. Um, like the I leaned on the wall, the wall leaned away part. Uh, can I get a minute and not be nervous? Uh, like that kind of stuff. This I think is one of their most romantic songs too. Yeah. Um, it has where, where a lot of the other national songs are just straight up depressing yeah. and sad. I think this one is still that way. But there's a nice romantic kind of silver lining undercurrent to it, and that I'm just I'm a sucker for it, especially in this song. Oh yeah, uh, especially the 29 years part. So me, that's my number three. Me too. That part has always gotten me, uh, got me. I don't know where I got the Cardinal song thing. I must have imagined. I, that I think or you, I, you might be it. just confusing, confusing it with the 29 years. Yeah, from I think the first I record. I think I was, but um, it's that second part has always gotten me. The way mm. the piano sounds oh, under God, it is beautiful. Like, is beautiful and very sad. Um, and and the lyric of like. Uh, like a, put a put on a slowdown show for you, crack yeah. you up. It like feels like like I'm gonna try, but it also it comes from 
it feels like almost it always has read to me a little bit like I'm gonna try to be sexy for you. Yeah, which yeah. Is, you know what I mean? I, and, and I it's love, like, but I, it's like good luck, dude. Like, I know, I know. And I love uh, the part at the end where he goes, "God, I'm very, very frightened. I'll overdo it." And it's just like, yeah, he's at sea, man. Just yeah. you know, like any of us are. Um, yeah, that, that's a great, great pick. Um, my number two is Blood Buzz Ohio. Blood it, Buzz. It felt a little cliched to rank it so high, um, but it's deserving. It is deserving, dude. It's such a classic. T- another, like, dude, what could have possibly drawn you in more if you're going to like lyrics like Matt's than I was carried to Ohio in a swarm of bees? <laughs> I know. I know. Um, you know, like, that. all the lyrics in the song, like you mentioned before, how deep his voice goes throughout. Mm. For me, it ranks so high because it's what really pulled me in. And at first, yeah. all I liked was this. And then yeah. I was like, you know what? I like Lemon World, too. Oh, I like Terrible Love. Yep. And then I would listen to the whole album through. And from there, it grew into something bigger. But I remember when this song first came on the radio, the way the drums in this song oh are incredible. God. And I think because it's so popular, it gets overlooked. But... Yep. The beat in this song is like it's so off kilter and it's so driving. I, we've talked, we've raved before about is it Bryce or Brian? Brian. Brian Devendorf. Bryce is one of the the, the Desner brothers. Bryce Desner. I always yeah. and it's Scott Devendorf is the other He's the bassist, yeah. and then Aaron Desner, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the drummer is like in, it, obviously incredible so in the song and, and in general, and the hazy. Guitar like the the swirling guitars that are going on in the song, and then the horns that come in at the end that just oh. sort of like sort of just like hang at the end of the song. One of the most underrated aspects we have not talked about like the layering in of horns throughout any of these records, especially really. High Violet. I, I was going to say on Boxer too as well. Yeah, um, that element that they add in, like such. A gut punch sometimes, where it's exactly the right thing you need in each of these songs. Yeah, I feel like the way they're used on Blood Buzz and a lot throughout High Violet is like as a wall of sound yeah. thing. It's like as another dimension now, where when this song ends and the haze is coming to a close, you just, the last thing that's hanging there is just the horns lingering. I, there has been some criticism. The one criticism levied against high violet is the kind of production where it's like too busy or it it's does it too... for me man me too it does it for me me too i think it's great and i think that that is a criticism that could only come from someone who is like boxer is my shit and i need it's... to tear down high violet for some weird reason well if yeah. you're like boxer is like the best they'll ever do and you really came in then we came in in high violet and it like blood buzz did it for me so by extension all the songs with that production yeah. do it. it like it it's like far and away my favorite album mm. by them uh, my number one, Jake, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned it earlier, it is Don't Swallow the Cap. Now, yeah. I will say, any one in these top five, six, seven, eight, nine could have been at my number one. Mm-hmm. Right now, though, Don't Swallow the Cap is really speaking to me, and that is my pick right now. I remember when this was released as a single, when Trouble Will Find Me was coming out, uh, they had already released Demons as a single, which was good. I was like, okay, yeah, I like this. And then Don't Swallow the Cap came out. I listened to this song over and over and over again. The lyrics on here are are perfect. They are the perfect mix of Matt Berninger, straightforward but also abstract lyrics with the gold light breaks behind the houses. I don't see what's strange about this. Um, I have faith but don't believe it. It's not there enough to leave it. 
the the pre-chorus, everything I love is on the table, everything I love is out to see. That's the that's the kind of like beautiful poetry, yeah. like the imagery that I love from him. It's like again, the meaning is is ambiguous. It, like that can mean anything you want. But I but it, I I like know what it means. It's like everything I love is material. It's right here, but it's also like everything. It can also be like it can also sometimes feel so distant. Yeah, and, and like you're lost. I think don't swallow the cap. Uh, for a lot of reasons, is maybe one of the most like attach whatever meaning you want to it uh, songs of theirs. Like the I have only two emotions: careful fear and dead devotion. Like that that one's pretty straightforward, but it's a it's a thought that I relate to. Um, but this line here, um, I see all the ones I wept for, all the things I had it in for. I won't cry until I hear because I was not supposed to be here. Like that kind of stuff is like. Put whatever meaning you want on that for whatever like point in your life you're at right now, and I think "Don't Swallow the Cap" is a perfect encapsulation of that. So, a, a couple lyrics from this that that stick with me: I, I only I have only two emotions: careful fear and dead devotion. That one I like a lot. I feel like it resonates with me. Um, another one is when they ask, "What do I see?" I see a bright, white, beautiful heaven hanging over me. Yeah. He th- th- that verse actually that third verse. I'm tired. I'm freezing. I'm dumb. When it gets so late, I forget everyone. Yes. Like he. Matt kind of has flow on that verse. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Like, he does a really good job of finding words that fit poetically and, mm-hmm. like, really um, fit the beat and flow of the song. Um, I'm pulling up lyrics from my I, favorite. I, I, love, I love the line, uh, don't think anybody I know is awake. I, I, know, I know that feeling of just, like, yeah. I feel like I need to talk to somebody right now, but, like, I don't know that there is. Um, I also love this, this uh, idea of, and to the bone, I'm evergreen. And then the whole part of, and if you want to see me cry, play Let It Be or Never Mind. And I, I love that they have come out and they came out and said like this is actually about the Replacements album, yep. Let It Be, which is one of my favorite albums ever. Which they have to do. Yes. Oh, of course, because it's like the cool like. Yeah. Oh, what, it's actually what are we, what Replacements. Are they, yeah, yeah. Oh, play the Beatles song, Let It Be. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Uh, so just so many good lyrics on this, and like you said, like some serious flow from Matt. The whole vibe of this song is is excellent. Uh, so right now, I would say this is my favorite national song. Um, so the one I put at number one is Conversation Sixteen. Uh, later tracks uh, on on uh, High Violet, my favorite album. So th- this one really, it's just like everything I love about the national. It comes into play on this album. I think that uh, on this song, rather, and on the album. But I think that like the the drums in this song are incredible. The production on it is like haunting, and like there's this dragging sort of like like creaky sound to the guitars and the instrumentation. I think Matt's vocals on Conversation Sixteen are incredible, and his lyrics. Like a couple favorites for me. I've always loved uh, the "It's a Hollywood Summer." You never believe the shitty thoughts I think. Yeah. Meet the friends out for dinner. When I said what I said, I didn't mean anything. Mm. Like, and then the uh, the, the pre chorus of "We'll leave the Silver City because all the Silver Girls gave us ba- uh, black dreams." Mm. That's like another kind of weird imagery thing. I also love. I'm a confident liar. Have my head in the oven so you know where I'll be. Yeah. Like, um, I'll try to be more romantic. I want to believe in everything you believe. Like to me, this song. No, dude. Even the first one, I think the kids are in trouble. Don't know what all the troubles are for. Give them ice for their fevers. Like the way he delivers it too, with that really like slow, like he does that. Like he's really drawling. And um, also, the thing that's always gotten me musically in this song is right before they break into the 
chorus, I was afraid I would eat your brains because I'm evil part, the that drum break, the like that yep. sort of really like quick tom roll that he does, like I think is one of the best moments on the record. And um, the we talked about the background vocals that fill up so much of High Violet. I think they're at their best in this song, mm-hmm. and they are shown. They're given like center stage at the very end when all you hear is everything is gone except. I think it's the Desner brothers who do it. The background vocals. Uh, yeah, I think that, you're right. That, well, I think they've also... I think they got some people to collaborate specifically on High Violet. I know Sharon Van Etten has been like oh, a, yeah. in and out of collaborations. Yeah. I know she played some live shows with them or was a guest at some shows. I want to say she might have been doing background vocals on at least... I don't know if it's this song specifically, but on High Violet, I think she was maybe involved... like. They'll sometimes just get uncredited, like yep. their, their buddies, to come in and like do cool stuff. I think like Richard Reed Perry from Arcade Fire. They're a big time collaboration um, band. Uh, Will Butler, Win Butler's brother from Arcade Fire, I know collaborates with them. Yeah. Like they they are so plugged into like that scene. Yeah. So for me, like I think for me, uh, <laughs> Conversation Sixteen, it just feels like I I, I think I relate to it more than ever. Actually, looking through these lyrics, like there are so many good it's ones loaded, here. Dude. Like the "We belong in a movie." Tried to hold it together until our friends are gone. Like that's that's some real shit, right? Dude, like there. and it's just like the whole thing. It just feels like I'm kind of wandering through life. Like yeah. the whole like, meet the friends up for dinner. I guess like yep. we may as well. Like what else are we gonna fucking yep. do? Like, um, I really like the fall asleep in your branches. You're the only thing I ever want anymore. Yeah. Like, that's a really nice lyric, too. What do you What do you think of the whole, I was afraid I'd eat your brains because I'm I, evil outro? Well, in like basically chorus. Yeah, yeah. They do it, that they return to it. I like it. I, I've always, I mean, it's like, I think it's not necessarily my favorite part of the song. I love it, it but I think it's a great melody. I think it's a great, the way they produce it is awesome and the way it builds up to that is yeah. great. Um but I, I have never had a qualm with it, like I know you sort of do. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't dislike it. Yeah. I think it is the part of this song, the I'd eat your brains part, is the one piece where I'm just like, it takes me out of the rest of this song a sure. tiny bit. I do Why love is that? Because it's too dramatic? Uh, yeah, I don't love the zombie, like comparison there well but like, i do and i don't like well, i love the because i'm evil part but it's not only zombies though like, like hannibal lecter cannibals like true. there's other imagery in horror stuff about eating your brains it feels and i've heard him talk about it where he, he has kind of said like i thought it'd be funny to do like a yeah zombie reference kind of thing and i was like it kind of subverts the rest of the song in a way for me where i'm like it's this little th- not throwaway, but it's this little jokey thing that you put into this really heartfelt song. That's the, that's my, my one knock on it and why I think I've always been a little bit lower on Conversation 16, even though it's an amazing song. I think with, with that, I think like the way he delivers it sounds so good. It does. The way his voice, I was afraid. Like, dude, like yeah. it, he kills it. He sings it so good that I almost like, I never cared that he was saying, I'd eat your brains. I always thought it was like, that's I I guess it, the humor does sort of work on me a little bit. Like I, I'm not yep. like oh roll like fucking <laughs> lol like I'm not like dying laughing, but I'm like there's a lot of lyrics in here like 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 there are more cringy ones. Like for me, one that I can never I just never like hearing him sing it is I'll bring a nice icy drink to you. <laughs> yeah. On is it gospel? Yeah, yeah. I always like cringe with the way it sounds. It sounds <laughs> okay. like something your grandmother would say. <laughs> yeah, it's always, I know what you mean. You know what I'm I saying? Like mean. that's one that's always bothered me. I I know. I, here's the thing: is like I know exactly what you mean. Sugar wife. 
Sugar wine. Remember we were singing that in Brooklyn? Yes, Everyone I was loving it. Yeah. Or I thought they were. Yeah. Um, no, but no, I, I definitely respect the take. And I think like, I, it's like I don't agree, but I know exactly what you're saying. And yeah, yeah. You're, okay. I don't think you're sure. wrong in saying that. Cool. Uh, very nice. So that was our top 10 national songs. Again, this could change by the day, by the hour. This was a nice excuse, Jake, to have some nostalgia do you have some honorable mentions? I do have some honorable mentions. Uh, Terrible Love mm-hmm. is one, the lead off from High Violet. Sea of Love, mm-hmm. uh, Baby Will Be Fine, which was on your list. All the Wine is from awesome. Alligator. Uh, Day I Die, System Only Dreams in Total Darkness as well. Um, I'll, you have some too. Yeah, I'll rip through just uh, some of them. So I have Looking for Astronauts, uh, Mistaken for Strangers, Secret Meeting, which I, mm. I, I think I, I, like, I, I don't want to say like more. But I think I'm higher on the first half of, of, of Alligator than maybe you are. because I, th- I think you are too. I've always really liked Secret Meeting and Looking for Astronauts. I think all of those songs are great. Yeah. I think the second half of Alligator is when it turns into a true masterpiece of an album. It, it's kind of the tale of two halves because the yeah. first half of that album is, is a lot faster. Yeah. Like, especially Secret Meeting, Karen. Yeah. Lit Up is one of my least favorite, I will say, personally. Okay. Um, uh, okay, so then I have uh, Nobody Else Will Be There, The System Only Dreams in Total Darkness, Cardinal Song, Pink Rabbits, which I wish Pink I could have included. Pink Rabbit, I know, I know. Pink Rabbits is excellent. Uh, and then the three that were the closest to making the top ten but did not were Sea of Love, uh, Slow Show, and Terrible Love. Very nice. So. Terrible Love is, I think... Better live, actually, than it really? is on the record. Because I love the recorded version, though. They go, like, hard yeah. on that song live. It takes an ocean not to break yeah. that part. And he's screaming that <laughs> part. Yeah. Uh, so that is actually what has put that song, like, further up. And it's why it just missed my top ten, too. Okay. Um, Very nice. So that was a good excuse to just rattle off some national lyrics, talk about my favorite band. Uh, we should do more top tens, Jake, in the future. We should just pick artists. Yeah, and that'd like be sweet. Run through it when it's kind of a slower, slower news or new release week. I like it. Uh, let's wrap up. We have a release radar. Oh segment, yeah, we Jake. do. We actually have a good amount coming out this week. This is a, a nice little week here. Very solid. So big ones that we are watching out for. Panda Bear is coming out with a new album called Buoys. Apparently, this is supposed to be like a little more dialed back by Panda Bear standards. Because mm. uh, like uh, Grim Reaper, like his last record was it's crazy, so layered with sound. I guess I'm... this is supposed to be like a little more dialed back. I haven't gone back to that one a lot in recent I years. Either. Um, something I've been going back to a lot, Sean, is Jessica Pratt's music. Ooh. And she is coming out with a new album, uh, Quiet Signs. Kind of an imp- Here's an impromptu recommendation of the week for you. Check out, yeah. um, what is it, On Your Own Love Again? Yeah. That album by Jessica Pratt is oh my God. unbelievable. It's so good. It's Excellent. What is it, 38 minutes it's, or something? No, no, it's like... 30 minutes yeah it's even, short or like 31 something yeah. on your own love again came out in 2015 31 minutes nine songs of just like seemingly straightforward folk but actually like this complex kind of oh, weird yeah like they are weird they're weird songs but they're really like by turns like catchy and like trans sort of transfixing and like ambient and relaxing dude yeah, such so cool good. stuff on there yeah so her new one coming out this friday stereo game stereo gum gave it album of the week 
There which you go. I'm excited about. I'd like to. I'd like to read Stereo Gam. Stereo Gam. That's my new blog. The legs magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Not much, you know. Sorry, I've already bought the domain for that. Bummer. Uh, Ariana Grande, Jake, new album. Thank you. Next. Will you listen to this album, or will you be saying thank you next to this album? Um. <laughs> I'll give it a listen, yeah. You will? Okay. Yeah. Have you heard this single? Have you heard Thank You Next, the song? No. Really? Yeah, I have not. That I song's mean, it's like everywhere. That's like a huge... Where would I hear it? The fucking radio? Man? Spotify? Well... Seek it out. Spotify did... I, like, Spotify didn't just play music I know, it. but it's like, you've heard that this song is like a cultural touchstone right now, right? It's it not really something that's on my radar. Did you see... <laughs> well, it is. It's on the release radar, Well, Jake. yeah, because I saw the album's coming out, and I know Ariana Grande is a big deal. Did you see the Nancy Pelosi meme from the State yeah, of the Union like last night? Yeah, face. there's all sorts of thank you next little, like, memes and stuff going along with it. Like, all right, tell you what. I'll give it a listen. We're getting old, man. We, we're not, like... Up on like, like dude, meme culture anymore. No, I never have been. I yeah. feel like I've, I've always I was for a, a you, hot minute. You were, and I was just like I. I think what it is is I've just never held on to any misconception that I'm cool in any way. Not saying you have a misconception. I'm saying right. I would. I just like I can't do it. No, I hear you. It's a waste of time in reality. It's yeah. like it doesn't matter. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a fun nothing matters. Uh, last one, Jake. LCD Sound System. Uh, Electric Lady Sessions is a live album, I guess. I, yeah. I haven't heard much about this. Neither have I, and I probably uh, won't have, listen. Yeah, I don't have much interest. But yeah. I know that we have uh, listeners. Um, we do? I guess. Okay. I think. Maybe in theory. Cool. Um, it's more like it's theoretical money. We haven't. <laughs> um, people who. So, yeah, I know people out there like LCD Sound System. I, I also like them. Right. Uh, don't love. And so this live album. Should, I, I, I liked the quick. Don't love. But. You're right. This, might, this live album might be of interest to someone. To some. For me, I'm very excited for Jessica Pratt and Panda Bear. Me too. That's me where too. I'm. Very excited for those. My bread's going to be buttered. That will. Wrap up the show this week. Stick around for some interesting musings in the after-show pre-show. Scintillating takes on Super Bowl 53. And being sick. Uh, Yeah, that does it. We will see you next week. Thanks, everyone. Nice early start tonight. It is, yeah, good for us. Uh, which had, is good because let me break down the old man life that I've been living this week. Let's let's hear you. it while I okay. close the doors to the. As you know, I've been sick for the better part of the year. Um, I like that we both had the same thought there. Yeah. The year, and uh, I, I'm currently eating a cough drop. Does one eat a cough drop, Jake? I think you kind of like. I think that one generally <laughs> sucks upon a cough Okay, drop that's what I'm doing. In the same way you would on like a Jolly Rancher. Sure, okay. Except a lot less fun. Uh, so Yeah, like it, you, if you really let yourself get fooled, you can be like, it's kind of like candy, but it's not. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not sort of gr- You taste the medicine. It, yeah, it. and I do right that's now. That's coating your throat. But, so I'm eating a Ricola cough drop as we speak. Uh, I've gone to bed... <laughs> Every night this week at 
9 p.m. Whoa. Uh, very, very sick, Jake. I don't know. I can't shake it. This consumption might be tuberculosis. It might be uh, some kind of something that kills me. I don't know. I, I really doubt both of those things. <laughs> um, can't, can't rule it out. We can, though, because I went to the doctor this morning. I, so this is actually... This is, this is my little pre-show anecdote, other okay. than me being an old man, which we already knew. Right. Well, I, yeah, I am too. We both are, really. So after weeks of my throat hurting, I've decided, you know what? Maybe go to the doctor. Maybe get this checked out. Maybe be a responsible adult. So I went this morning for an 8.40 a.m. appointment. Oh. I roll up, park the car, mind you, do the whole rigmarole of a check-in. Yeah. Which takes way longer than it needs to. Sure. Um, go into the thing. They do the strep throat test. Have you had one of these done? No, I have not actually. Oh my god! They Does it take hurt? basically that like one of those incense sticks I got you for Christmas. Yeah, yeah. With a cotton swab at the end. They, they stick it down your throat and they just basically like circle it around like your. Your tonsils or whatever. Does it make you gag? Oh, yeah. So I, like, cough up a lung, basically. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I hope you got it. And she's like, we'll see. I was like, uh... <laughs> I, I thought you'd be like, oh, no, no, it's okay. This happens to everybody. She's like, yeah, I, I hope so. And well, fuck you. she was very short with me the rest of the time. What'd Tur you do? Nothing. Nothing. You stuck up. Like a giant stick down my throat. What am I supposed to do? Like not gag? So she was very short with me the rest of the time. My doctor comes in and he had this air about him the whole time that like, like, why are you here? You're not that sick. And he's like, yep, we're going to, I'm going to recommend some Sudafed. So you have some post nasal drip going on. I was like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. So I, <clears throat> see, I'm, I'm still You're coughing not, I'm, now. Yeah. I left with my tail between my legs, feeling See, kind of silly for, for going. But other times, I haven't gone, and I ended up living with strep throat for two weeks. Remember when you guys yeah. all went to Boston for that show? Yes. And I stayed home, and I did get to watch the World Series, but... Yeah, that was strep... Like, that was strep throat. Yeah. I've never had strep throat. I have had... It a, sucks. I have had a cold every two weeks for every winter and spring for my entire life. Yeah. Um... And I've had, when I was a kid, I literally got stomach bugs every single year. Yeah. I actually think, knock on wood here, even though I don't do that anymore because... Uh, it's a dangerous I, path. Dangerous path mm -hmm. for me as someone who like maybe, probably, definitely has OCD. Rituals. Yeah, yeah. rituals. I, I steer clear. At any rate, Sean, sure. I uh, I haven't, I think I got a lot of stomach bugs out of the way when I was a kid. Because I was literally... Strengthened up your immune system. Literally, out of school, I, seriously, like once a year, from elementary school, through middle school, through college, or high school, maybe a couple exceptions, where I had I would have a fucking stomach bug. Yeah, man, it's rough. It's rough stuff. You got one this year. I did, and he basically said, like, yeah, you have lingering viral, like, in, like a viral infection from your stomach bug or whatever. Oh, so. Rough, rough stretch of weeks health-wise. When me, was that that you had? It was during the Patriots playoff game like, against the Chargers, right? So January? Yeah, it, yeah, it was like January 12th or 13th or something Dude, when I went to New York with my sister. There's Awful. Like, there's no more helpless or worse feeling when you get one of those stomach bugs and you know it's hitting you. Oh, I want it to die. And you know it's coming. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. Yep. Like, one of the worst days of my entire life. Things you can set your watch to... 
Jake, in the pre-show after show, us talking about being sick. Yep. Us complaining about, about being, being sick. sick. That's the reality. Uh, talking about um, how life doesn't feel real. No boy. Um, probably the Patriots or the Celtics in some way. Uh, we'll talk or, a little or, about the or Patriots. Or just existential angst. Yeah. I, so, um, totally agreed. Uh, and as far as sickness, the, the last time I had one of those bugs was on Thanksgiving. Oh, like three years ago. Not Four, a lot of thanks uh, being given actually, there. Dude, I said I right? three years ago. It's probably like seven years ago. Um, but I had, uh, yeah, it was, it was a bad it's case. Tough diarrhea all day. Yikes. Not to paint too vivid a picture. <laughs> <laughs> and then cap the cherry on top was throwing whatever remained up. <laughs> on that note, <laughs> the Patriots won the uh, Super Bowl. Maybe that is a they fitting did. note because, uh, as many people have noted. If you aren't a Patriots fan, not a lot to have enjoyed about the game. No, and speaking of things maybe not being real or existential crises, this Super Bowl win, Jake, mm. our local team winning yet again, yeah. has thrust that back into the foreground of of my brain. Yeah. Not to mention when I was at the doctor this morning. Has this ever happened to you? This might just be me. Have you ever seen someone out of the corner of your eye where you're like, I have definitely seen this person before out of the corner of my eye in this 15 way. times before? In that exact angle. Um, no, just in general, like in passing. You're like, oh, that's like an archetype of a person I've seen, and oh, it just might dude. be that person. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. And especially around some place like like Lake Manchester. You know what I think it is? It, it's my first thought was glitch in the matrix. Right. Like I always think. My second thought was, no, you worked at a movie theater and a restaurant when you were younger. You probably saw lots of people who live locally. This is probably yeah, just man. one of many. Yeah, well, and you like live downtown, you yeah. go out. Yeah. That, I think, definitely does happen, especially in a town yeah. like Manchester. Um, but I know what you mean, because I, I think the same thing, where it's like, what are the odds I keep seeing you? I know. It's scary. Do you have people at work? There's one woman at work who, it's a different situation, but uh -huh. you know the people you run into and you say, hey, how you doing? Yeah. Then it becomes just a wave. Oh, yeah. Um, one woman at work I see much more than anyone else. Okay. For reasons I'm not clear. Like, like we don't work together. We're not on the same mm -hmm. team. We just seem to cross paths all the time. Yeah. On the way down to get food, on the way to the gym, on the way back hmm. from the gym, like, on my way to fucking a meeting. Is like she I, stalking you? No, I don't... I, I have no reason to believe that. Well, uh, that... I don't know. It, it's weird because, like, our department... We only see the people who are, like, in it, basically. Yeah, right. Although, I did kind of make friends. Not friends, but, like, I actually plucked up enough courage to talk to the maintenance guy the other oh, day. Very nice. About how to clean the coffee machine. I was like, you know what? This guy comes in here all the time, always checks the coffee machine, has to clean it himself. I was like, hey, like... Can I do this? Yeah. And he showed me how to do it. And it was a really nice interaction. Dude, so, that's very nice. Yeah. Yeah, that it was good. That sounds pretty sweet. I, I always try to... This sounds really bougie and horrible, but mm -hmm. I always try to be nice to the cleaning people who come oh, in. yeah. Which is like, that's there could be no more white privilege patting myself oh, on the no. back thing yeah. than that. But there's no other way to say it than to just be honest. I do try I to be nice and, and say know. like, at least thank them and like, well, what, be courteous. I, I think that's nice and because I, I also think like... They do a job that's just, it's harder than yeah, than ours, probably. And they probably roll into these offices and are like, what is hap What is even happening here? Yeah, like, what, what do these people, people do, do all day? Yeah. Besides, like, drink coffee and, like, 
bullshit you, you know fucking play the politics game <laughs> exactly and like, exactly. like game of thrones in, a, in an office suite that like is what work is dude oh it, it, oh i know fucking cutthroat man uh, um so Jesus. uh yeah so the matrix is probably real the patriots are six-time world champions jesus um except like they're not they're it's like this fake World champion. It was the U.S. NFL right, champions. Right. <laughs> I can't stress champions enough. Have you noticed some people say champions? Oh, I've, yes, I have. It's a very it's really funny. It's a very like I'm a commissioner of a league or I'm an owner of a team way to say it. Do you know what uh, I mean? I, oh, I do. I do. I really do. Um, yeah. It's so kind of stuff. a little bit of a gross game, but. Hey, it was fun to watch among friends. It was. And, so. you know, like, for once we didn't have to really sweat it out. Except we kind of did because it was, like, scoreless for yeah. 51 minutes of the 60-minute <laughs> game. It's true. It's true. Uh, all right. You want to dive in? Let's do it. We got a lot to talk about in this one. Yeah, it's a busy uh, a episode. One, Wait, now, are we leading off with so Nationals last? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, good. Yeah. We can, we can kind of fly through the other Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll get this done in 10 minutes, Sean. <laughs> Probably not, but we'll see. Ten minutes. Okay, hold on. I, I have the end of this cough drop. I'm, I'm working Dude, on. Polish it off. We can filibuster. Yeah. Um, it's a little filibuster. I don't really have anything. I did see Fleet Foxes. I heard, I guess it would have been, oh, what's that second? Is it Ragged Wood? I think Ragged Wood was in a car commercial. Oh, good. Bum, well, you know what? me out a little bit. Probably no, Subaru no, no, commercial. no, no, no. My take on that is good for them for going and getting paid because they're gonna make some it's money. Very hard to make money from music anymore. Did, so good right, for them. Did, did, commercials pay out. Oh dude. yeah, man. Did, did I ever tell you? I, I think I did about how Beck Bennett was on Pete Holmes' podcast. Yeah, I told you about like how much money he made in a commercial. Because he was on the podcast and because because do you remember Beck Bennett? He's the guy on SNL. Oh yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Okay, he did the commercial with the kids where he was interviewing them. Right for AT and T. Oh yeah. Okay. Which was like. Evidently, long story short, they had a casting call and they described the commercial. He's like, I already do this bit. He's like, can I be in this? And he showed them the his like bit. And they're like, all right, yeah, you're in it. And he made like, I think like 28 commercials. And Pete Holmes was kind of joking around and he was like, what, would you, would you, like you make over 100,000? And he goes, oh yeah. <laughs> and then, and so Pete like laughs and then probably 10 minutes pass, they're still talking about it. And he's like trying to egg him on to tell him how much he made. He's like, he's like, oh, over a million? And he didn't say anything, but Pete immediately erupted in laughter, like reacting to the face <laughs> yep. that that uh, Beck made. Yep. I think Beck Bennett made over a million dollars on these that fucking AT and T commercials. Is amazing. Good for him. Yeah. Um, how often do you listen to? Uh, you made it weird. Not often. If it's someone I know and like, I listened to two in the last month because I like Fred Armisen was on and Beck Bennett was on. Okay. I listened to about half of Scott Avitz. Scott oh, and Seth yeah, Avitt yep, were both yep. on. It was pretty good. Um, yeah, it's like if you like the person who's on, it, it also depends if they're like in yeah, on know, Pete's thing. Like they gotta be you Sometimes gotta, they're not. You gotta be giving back. Y yes. To like, I listened to the Ben Gibbard one. That was the last one. It I was that's to. a that good was one. Good. Yeah. Um it's a it's a really good podcast if you really, really like the person, but I'm not gonna listen to I one know. where he's like, I have like Rob Stone, that fucking like pastor on. It's like, nah, I'll uh, skip it. Not yeah, interested. No, thank you. No, I mean I'm sure it's great. Um, it's interesting how often he quotes fucking Ram Dass and like <laughs> like religious figureheads. Yeah, yeah. He's always well, like, well, as Ram Dass says, you know, there's like he, it's, he's always quoting some religious texts. That's really funny. Uh, Crashing's been great this season. I'm caught way. up. 
Um, yeah, was good. The most recent one was uh, the one where he he goes to that like meets Ray Romano. Yes, yeah. dude. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and dude, how about this like this like new girlfriend on yeah. the show? Yeah, she's a good character. She is. I she is. like. She's I, cool. Very, very cool. Yeah. Um, cool. So I've been enjoying the show. I'd be intimidated if I were Pete. Dude, but she's so nice. I know, I know. Yeah, that's the thing. I thought what was going to happen, and it's not what came to pass, but I thought not what was going to happen is when he went to like do the set at the at the um, oh what the fuck is the the the, the church? What do you the, call it? The, synagogue. the synagogue? The synagogue. The, yeah. When he went to do that, I thought he was going to talk to his friends. I thought they were going to be like, "You slept with this girl like first day." Right. Like, aren't you scared of, like, a, like getting a venereal disease? I thought that, like, too. And then I thought she was going to turn out to be, like, a psycho because she yeah. showed up at the thing. Yes. And that. And then, no, it's so far so good. She seems great. Yeah. She's doing shit that would stress me out. Oh, for sure. But putting him out of his comfort zone. Right. Yeah. So, Which is good. He's learning. He is. He is. Everybody watch Crashing. Uh, finish my cough drop. Okay. I think we're ready. Let's do it. All right. <clears throat> Three, two, one.